Welcome to the Carrie Newhoff Leadership Podcast, a podcast all about leadership, change, and personal growth. The goal? To help you lead like never before in your church or in your business. And now, your host, Carrie Newhoff. Well, hey, everyone. Welcome to episode one of the podcast. I am so honored that you would actually take some time to join us today for this podcast. I want you to know my goal is very, very simple. In this episode and all the episodes that are going to follow, it's, it's very simple. I just want to help you as much as I can to lead like never before. And if I can help you lead like never before, and maybe even your team in some way lead like never before, I will be incredibly grateful. And I'm so excited about today's guest. Uh, I'll tell you who it is in just a few minutes, but I, I got to let you know, I've been thinking about doing this podcast, as, as some of you might know, if you follow me on my blog, kerryneuhoff.com, I've been thinking about doing it for about a year and a half. And earlier this year, when the condition seemed right, I sat down with a group of friends and we started brainstorming about guests for the podcast. And um, we asked the question, okay, if we could get anybody to be the first guest on the podcast, who would it be? And the answer in the room was unanimous. The answer was, well, it would be Andy Stanley. Now, I know how busy Andy is, and I know how hard it is for him uh, to be able to commit time to do things like this. So it was with fear and trembling that I sent off an email and said, hey, Andy, would you be willing to be a guest? And he blew me away when he said, absolutely, I'd, I'd love to help. And so that's who you're going to hear from today. If you don't know Andy, I promise you you're in for a treat. And if you do, you know you're in for a treat. Andy is a lead and founding pastor of North Point Community Church in Alpharetta, Georgia. Started as a church plant almost 20 years ago and now has exploded to six campuses in the Atlanta area and over 20 strategic partnerships in North America and in places around the world. I have the privilege of leading a North Point Strategic Partnership Church, a great church north of Toronto called Connexus Church. I love you, Connexus. Thanks for the privilege of being able to lead here, lead you. And um, I'll tell you, it is such a privilege to be able to watch Andy lead and, and, and see that up close and personal. So I'm so excited to have Andy as a guest on the podcast. Um, you probably listen to some of his messages, and certainly a lot of you have probably read his books. He's written dozens of books, including what really became an instant classic. A couple of years ago, Andy released Deep and Wide, Creating Churches That Unchurched People Love to Attend. And if you don't have that book, I would recommend you pick it up right now. But today in the interview, Andy and I are going to talk about how he continues to grow his leadership as a leader. We're going to talk about communication. Andy is one of the most gifted communicators in the church today. And how does he come up with his content and where does he find it and how does he stay fresh? So I think you're in for a treat. Now, if you're like most people like me, for example, when I listen to a podcast, I'm, I'm usually on my bike or maybe you're running at the gym or doing yard work or something like that or on your commute. And Andy will say some things and you're going to go, oh, I want that link or I want to be able to write that down. That's why I'm excited to say we're doing show notes. So at the end of the show, I'll tell you where to find the show notes and we'll get those to you. Um, but they'll have all the links that we talk about in this interview. So uh, you can just go to kerryneuhoff.com and you'll find it there um, and just click on episode one, um, my interview with Andy Stanley, this podcast, and you'll find everything there. So uh, with all that in mind, the only other thing I want to say before we jump right into the interview, which uh, I so enjoyed with Andy, is we had a few technical issues that we had 
had to get through. I don't know why, but the call quality, uh, we recorded it via Skype, uh, just was challenging on that particular day. And uh, so we managed to change our settings and it got better as it went in. But at, at the beginning in particular, you might find it cut out from time to time. You'll still be able to catch the uh, gist of what Andy's saying but it does get better as time goes on and, and the content is gold throughout. So with that, let us jump into what I am so excited to share as the first podcast episode, my interview with Andy Stanley. Well, I am so incredibly excited to have Andy Stanley as the very first guest on the Leadership Podcast. Andy, I don't know whether you really like my title or not, the Carrie Newhoff Leadership Podcast. Is, is that creative <laughs> enough for you? It sounds eerily familiar. It does. Well, Andy Stanley's <laughs> Leadership Podcast was taken, so I came up with my own version. Hey, yeah. it is a thrill to have you here. Thank you so much for- Yeah, it's a thrill to be your uh, first contestant or your guinea pig, however however you decide to use this. <laughs> well, I'm sure it's going to work out great. So we'll, we'll look for the prize at the end. Uh, Andy, I mean, you've- um, I don't know whether there's a more sought after communicator leader in, in the church world today. And um, I put out to a few of the people who were in on this podcast from the beginning, you know, if you could ask Andy anything, what would you ask him? And uh, people had some great, great questions. And you and I, from time to time, have an opportunity to talk. And I'm just excited about uh, some of those conversations, sort of seeing some daylight. So, man, this is a thrill. Thank you so much. What an yeah. honor. Okay, so here's the first question, Andy. I mean, North Point, incredible story. I have the privilege of leading a strategic partnership um, in the North Point family of churches. And uh, so other than the grace and the power of God, what do you think has contributed to the phenomenal growth and impact that you've just seen at North Point over the last two decades? Well, I'm glad you uh, you set it up by saying what you did, because of course, the, it's not just the you know, the Christian answer, it's, it's the true answer. It is, you know, it really is all about opportunity and God's grace and 10,000 or 10 million variables over which I had no control. And anybody who's ever accomplished anything knows there are so many variables. Anybody to take credit is crazy. I don't understand arrogance. I just, when I meet arrogant people, I want to say, do you not think you're going to die? You know, did you, <laughs> did you somehow bring yourself into this world, talent yourself, skill yourself, and then control, you know? So absolutely. But beyond that, um, the, the practical answer is extraordinarily competent, relationally connected people who we didn't just start with a blank page. I love the way Reggie says this. We really, because Reggie was part of that group. Reggie, uh, we started on the same page. So competent people, we were already relationally connected. We're on the same page. And out of the five of us, three of us, me not included, three of them, are doers. That is, mm -hmm. you know, you point in a direction and, and uh, you know, Julie and uh, Bill specifically and Reggie, they're just doers. They just, they just go get things done. So I think we had a unique blend of people. Then we had a unique blend, a unique opportunity in our city. Um, there were no churches like the church we were going to create. And as you've heard me say before, if you have the only hot dog stand in town, your hot dogs don't have to be that good. And yeah. we had the only hot dog stand in town. We had the only um, evangelistically driven, contemporary, scaled down, unchurchy uh, church, really in our city. And so, anybody who wanted that kind of church, we were your, we were your only option. So, I think a lot of that had to do with our success, and we really were committed to creating a church unchurched people love to attend. That wasn't just a tagline. We really wanted to do whatever it took to uh, attract church people who were concerned about unchurched people and who would allow us would give us some leeway in terms of experimenting with things that um, may not feel comfortable in a traditional church environment. 
And then consequently, you know, things just took off. So I'm extremely grateful. I'm the most surprised of anyone by our success, to be honest. Mm -hmm. And if it ended today, I just feel like we're so far down the road, so far ahead of what we ever dreamed about that, um, you know, I just don't have any complaints. That's kind of cool, you know, because there is no silver bullet, really. It's not like, well, no. if you just do this one thing or if you get this one person on your team, it's, it's going to turn things around. Yeah. Andy, you mentioned um, you got a number of people on your team who are doers. What would you say your critical role is if you're not a, a doer? <laughs> I'm uh, a thinker. You're a thinker. Yeah, sure. Well, my critical role in terms of the gift set is, is clearly communicating. You sure. know, I can keep people engaged for 35 minutes in a row. That's important in church, you know, because yeah. churches are generally speaking, preaching driven. And I grew up in a, an incredible, with an incredible father who's a, a great communicator. And so um, that kind of came easy for me. I mean, that, that's my sure. skill set. But the four people I had around me, and then five, and then six, and then more, really helped me create environments where my skill set, you know, was able to be leveraged in an effective way. And I tell our production people every Sunday when I walk in, every Sunday as I walk by our volunteers, especially our production team, I say to them, I say, look, because they always say, good morning, thanks for doing this. I'm like, no, thank you. If it's not for you, I would be sitting on my front porch preaching to as many people as I could gather in my yard because <laughs> this is not a single person thing and it is not a single skill set thing. This is the body of Christ, multiple people coming together, the hands and the feet and the eyes and the ears. It just so happens in church world, if you talk well, they let you be in charge. So um, I just feel like I was surrounded with people who understood the beauty and the value of environment creating environments that were engaging and ultimately irresistible. Well, and I wonder if that's, I mean, North Point started big and you've talked about that before. I mean, it didn't start with 20 people. It started you right. know, as a result of, as you talked about in deep and wide, but I wonder if that's something sort of from a transferable standpoint, a lot of leaders need to gather is that we're not good at everything. And I know starting in a very small church, you are the doer at the very beginning, but some of yeah. us never graduate from that role. Yeah. So great insight there. Well, leaders change and leaders often struggle to reinvent themselves as their organization grows. Uh, what are some of the tensions or struggles you've encountered personally as a leader as North Point's grown? Uh, I think my biggest challenge was as a pastor, um, I'm accustomed and pastors are accustomed to leading people they see, people that can gather in a room. Mm -hmm. So early on, I realized I was going to be leading people I didn't even know and I would never even meet because of the size. And then as we planted churches, I found myself in a position where I'm leading leaders who are leading churches, churches I never visit with a whole bunch of leaders I'll never meet. Yeah. So I had to learn to be very dependent upon systems and people. And um, as I got used to that, and as I really, I had to learn to trust the systems. Andy, just trust the systems. Run the plan, run the game plan, do your part. Don't try to be all things to all people. Focus on what you do well and allow the people around you to do what they do well. And that's essentially what creates great systems. So if you have great people and great systems, that's great. I had to learn to trust those great people in those systems. Otherwise, I found myself reaching into things I had no business getting involved in, worrying about things that ultimately communicated to my leaders, I don't trust you. And it wasn't that I didn't trust them, but when you start asking too many questions, not simply to get information, but to make sure they're doing things right, you know, you can accidentally communicate, hey, I'm not sure I really trust that you have the ability to do this. So I think the biggest learning curve for me was realizing it's okay. I can lead people I never meet in places I never visit. As long as I'm releasing leaders who can lead people, learn to trust the systems. And that, that took a while for me. And honestly, every once in a while, I still find myself wanting to get involved in things. I need to just let my, the people around me manage um, because they're actually, they're better than me anyway. I think one of the things every leader learns is when people are in their sweet spot doing what they're created to do, 
and you leave them alone, <laughs> things just go better. But that was a little challenging for me because I think I brought a very traditional pastor's mindset, not a traditional approach to church, but a traditional pastor's leader mindset um, to a growing organization. And so I had to just learn to relax into the systems we created and the people that were around me. Yeah, that's that's a tough one, Andy. Um, I know in some of the conversations we've had in group settings before as pastors, you've talked about giving your leaders the benefit of the doubt. So yeah. is, is that is that what you're talking about to yeah. that point where uh, I'm I, I remember once yeah, you told me, uh, you know, I just I just have to assume that intelligent people made this decision. Um, is, is that the kind of thing you're talking about? <laughs> Well, yeah, it's it's deciding even if I don't understand it, that doesn't mean it's not good. Even if it's not what I would do, that doesn't mean it's not good. And giving people the latitude to make mistakes. Leaders, you know, and we're all this way. Leaders don't mind being told what to do, but just don't stand over me and tell me how to do it. You know, yeah. let let me, you know, find my own rhythm in terms of as long, as long as we've all decided this is the direction we're going in and this is the part of the journey I'm responsible for, then let me own it. And ultimately, you've got to do that. I, I have a friend named Frank Blake. Frank just uh, transitioned off as the CEO of Home Depot, like wow. the entire thing. They have <laughs> 350,000 employees and associates. Imagine that. 350,000 people. Well, when, <laughs> when I get with Frank, I always say, Frank, what do you do? I mean, what is, I mean 350,000 people in stores all over the world and supply chain management from China. What, you know, what do you do? And he said, you know, I just really do two or three things. And again, here's the guy who has had to trust on a much, much, much smaller scale. All of us have to learn to do the same thing. We find out what we're great at. We find out where we make our greatest contribution and and empower the leaders around us to do the very same thing. And uh, that's, I mean, if you have any great organization, church or non-church, that's what you're going to find. For some of us, that's easier than it is for others. And for me, again, because that whole pastor thing is gather everybody, get in front of them, talk to them. I had to realize that I can't lead like that. If I do, I become a lid to the organization. That's great. So Andy, I talked to a couple of people about this interview and, and they, the question that seemed to come up again and again was, hey, if Andy was doing this over, would he do anything differently? So for example, you wrote a lot of young leaders um, I know are on the blog and hopefully on this podcast. You wrote Next Generation Leader a few years ago now. If you were writing it again today, anything you'd say differently in light of how culture has shifted or has culture really shifted that much? Well, I, you know, when I saw you sent me these questions ahead of time mm-hmm. and I, I looked at that question, I went back and looked at the book because that's a good question. I thought, hmm, maybe I need to add a chapter, subtract a chapter. But you know what? The, the, the next generation leader is built around five words, competence, courage, character, clarity, and coaching. And as I thought about that, I thought that that really is the blocking and tackling of leadership. You have yep. to be competent, have competent people. You have to be somewhat of a risk taker. I mean, leaders do things no one's done before. They do things in a different way than people have done them in the past. That's just what leaders do. Leaders want to make things better. And when you make things better, that means you abandon the way it has been done in the past. So it requires risk-taking and courage. And then in terms of character, it goes back to what you said a minute ago. Character is what makes me trustworthy. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you want to have a great culture, you have, to be, uh, you have to have an organization with people that trust each other and choose to trust even when there's a gap. So that's the whole character issue are, are, are um, part of that. And then clarity. Clarity might be the, the most significant part of leading people to do things they don't necessarily want to do or don't necessarily think they can do. Clarity is, is where the focus is so extremely narrow 
and the, the terminology is so extremely clear that everybody shows up knowing exactly what we're doing, why we're doing it, and how we do it here. You know, what are we doing? Mm-hmm. Why are we doing it? How do we do it here? Clarity, it, it impacts resourcing clarity, it impacts speed. So again, the, the clarity piece is absolutely critical. And then the last word, um, you know, there's competence, courage, character, clarity. And the last one is coaching. And uh, coaching essentially means that there's somebody who can do this better than me and I need to learn everything I can from them. Or there are people who can't necessarily do what I do better than me, but they can help me do better than I'm currently doing. And every leader at every level, regardless of what they've accomplished, need people around them that can help them be better at what they're doing. And that's what a coach does. I mean, when you think about uh, sports, the coaches generally cannot play like the players, but the coaches can sure pl- coach the players to be better players. So as, as you know, it's competence, courage, character, clarity, coaching. I don't think I would add anything to that. The nuance and the application certainly change with culture, but in terms of just you know, nuts and bolts, you know, boots on the ground leadership. I really think it comes back to those five things. I appreciate that. I mean, we still use that with our leadership team and any um, interns or LDPs, as we call them, we bring on. I mean, that's that's one of the go to reads for sure. Yeah, good stuff. Well, Well, Andy, you never stop developing and being stretched as a leader. So what are some ways that you're trying to grow your leadership now? Well, one of the things I've always done and continue to do, and I feel like personally, this this, I think, challenges me and helps me more than anything else. From day one, I have brought great literature, whether they're books or articles, and it's usually books or articles from magazines, to our leadership team, and we read and we process together. And the, the thing that has been so helpful to us and to me about this is it brings an author and an author's idea into our context, but instead of bringing the author in, we bring his content or her content in, and we get to look at it through the filter or filter it through um, the context of our organization. And I think every time we do this, I feel like I grow as a leader. I feel like I have fresher insights in terms of how to make our organization better. And it communicates to the leaders around me that I still want to grow as a leader. Mm-hmm. It's one thing for me to grow. It's another thing for the leaders around me to see me growing or to see me stretching. And I think um, one of the things that leaders often don't take um, take advantage of is is essentially growing or processing out loud in front of their, the the leaders that they're leading. Um, we just did um, we did we spent almost a year in Patrick Lencioni's book The Advantage. Yeah. More recently, um, I bought everybody a copy of um, there's a book that's been out about a year and a half now called The Power of Habit, okay. and it's a big book. And it's not a leadership book, but there was one section in there about Keystone Habits. Keystone habits as it relates to organizations. And so we had about a three or four week discussion about what are our keystone habits as an organization? What should they be? And is there one keystone habit that if everybody in this organization embraced it, it would help us go further faster? Well, it was just an extraordinary conversation. It stretched me personally. It stretched our leadership team. But it wasn't an entire book. It was just one concept from one book. So I'm always looking for things that I can bring in and, again, uh, discuss with my team, and that helps me. The other, the other thing, real quick, I won't take as much time on it, good. is um, I, I learned a long time ago, you can learn something from everyone. I mean, you can learn something from everyone. So I've learned to ask lots of questions, um, and I, I'm a firm believer that every – and this is, I think, really important. Everybody is convinced they are right for a reason. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, even the people we disagree with theologically or, or politically, everybody's convinced they're right for a reason. I want to know the reason. I, I, I mean, when I meet people who see the world differently than me, I think, okay, there's no point in arguing. They really see the world this way. And if I don't see the world this way, then there's something they see that I don't see. And I just have an insatiable desire to understand people's worldviews. And I think that has helped me stay very, very neutral in terms of uh, relationships. I think I've learned so much. Stephen Covey said it this way a long time ago. He said, seek to understand before seeking to be understood. Seek to understand before seeking to be understood. And I think this has impacted, it's impacted me personally, but I think it's really impacted me as a leader because I think I've learned so much from people that I would not necessarily agree with at every level. But again, anyone who's accomplished something, they've got something on the ball. There's something to be learned. And the only way to learn is to ask questions and to allow our own worldviews to be, you know, bumped up against and challenged from time to time. And And personally, I enjoy that probably to a fault. Um, so sometimes, you know, I can become so gray and so open-handed and so open-ended that it makes the people around me a little bit nervous. I'm like, no, 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 no. You know, I haven't, you know, I haven't changed anything. I just, let's keep our hands wide open. That's the only way to receive. And it's the only way to learn. So I think, you know, there's sort of the practical and kind of the more, you know, intangible part of it, but those are the, those are the, the kind of the worlds I stay in that I think challenge me and help me grow as a leader. See, I love hearing that from you, Andy, because I think, you know, a lot of us think, well, maybe there'll be a day where I just kind of arrive, but I love the curiosity (laughs) and I love the idea, the drive behind that, that says, you know, I still don't know it all, still haven't got it nearly figured out and let's keep learning, let's keep growing together. That's, That's great. And again, to try to figure out a context in which your leaders, the leaders around you, see you growing and see you being stretched. Because what you said is so important, Carrie. The, the perception is, um, well, Andy's got it figured out, or he's got yeah. it figured out, or Carrie's got it figured out, and I'm still figuring it out, but they've got it figured out. When my leaders see me going, I don't know, and let's talk about it, and let's rethink it, and hey, I know we decided last week, but I've got some more questions, it gives them permission to do the same thing because <laughs> nobody's got it all figured out. Nobody. <laughs> and uh, the minute we, we pretend like we do, we stop learning, we stop growing, and we create a culture of cover up because then everybody else has to pretend like they've got it all figured out. So there, there, there's not enough time for that. And so there's no point in doing that. There's a ton of gold there. Thanks, Andy, for that. Okay, we're going to switch a little bit and talk about communication. It would be a mistake to have you on the podcast and not talk about communication. So, um, I mean, I've been preaching in the same context for almost 20 years. You've been preaching in the same yeah. context for a couple of decades. Let's yeah talk about how do you keep finding fresh material for your talks and messages and where, where do your ideas come from these days? You know, I, I get asked that question a lot and I do not have a good answer. <laughs> and I think it's because I don't really know. I, sure. I know what I do and I, you know, it seems like every, I, every message, whether it's a leadership talk or something for a company or for the church, it seems like I get there a different way every time, which I don't think is true. I'm sure there's some pattern but I really don't know what it is. But I'll, I'll tell you what I enjoy. I really enjoy when I am asked to speak on a specific topic and there's a deadline. Hmm. I think this has pushed me more. And that's what we do with Catalyst or with LeaderCast or some of the other environments I'm in. Right. They know I'm the go-to person to say, okay, here's our theme. We need to talk on this theme to open the conference or to introduce this topic And I really enjoy that challenge because in most cases, they're asking me to talk about something I would never have thought 
to talk about. Hmm. And then when I get up and talk about it, people say, wow, how'd you think of that? I'm like, I didn't. You know, this was a homework <laughs> assignment. Yeah. I, you know, and sometimes the topics are so, you know, sometimes they're strange. You know, sometimes, again, there are things I would never choose. So I think, again, just being open to taking on assignments, I, I think in terms of the creative process, it drives me to do things. And then the, the other part of it is as a pastor, just as a pastor, mm-hmm. sometimes I have to stop and remind myself, Andy, you have not been called to be creative. You've not been called to say things no one has ever said before. You've not been called to be unique. You've been called to take the scriptures and explain them in a way that people can walk away in love with your savior, not in love with your communication style. And so for me, I think on the pastoral side, I just have to retreat back to that central calling that my goal as a communicator is to make the scriptures clear and let the scriptures speak for themselves. <laughs> and when I can remember that, I tell you, I, the pressure just comes off because I can, you know, I can be my own worst enemy. I think anybody who loves what they do, you know, especially if, if they put a microphone on their head, you know, once a week or once a month, the pressure is on. I mean, you know, it, there's yeah. a performance side to what we do. So, you know, on the leadership side, I love new questions and new challenges. On the pastoral side, I just have to remind myself, just make the scriptures clear, be transparent. And then in the process of all that, you know, the creative ideas often happen. Yeah. You know what? I really appreciate you saying getting an assignment because I think for a lot of communicators, the longer you're at it, the less that happens naturally because yeah. you get to call the shots, right? Yeah. It's like, well, I'm not going to talk about that. I don't want to talk about that. Yeah. I've got something yeah. else I already kind of halfway got put together. That's what I'm going to talk about. Yeah, I'm taking notes. That's, that's a really good word. Now, um, a lot of leaders these days are doing what we might call content borrowing um, from people like yourself, Andy. You know, they see your messages, they reteach them, they buy the package from North Point Resources or whatever. And they do that with you and with other well-known preachers. Do you think, like in your view, do you think that's helping the church or is there a downside to it? You know, that's a, that's another great question because it is somewhat of a, um, we think it's a new phenomenon. Maybe it's just in the old days because there was no social media and nobody knew people were stealing other people's yeah. content. There were no cameras. Nothing was yeah. being recorded. I don't, I don't know where borrowing ends and plagiarism begins. Mm. Um, Lane Jones, who you know on our staff, he oh, said, yeah. Andy, you should, you should do a series on plagiarism and see if anybody copies it. <laughs> <laughs> that's, oh, that's, that's an idea. That's um, great. I think the, the, the downside to me of re-preaching other people's messages or re-giving other people's talks, even if they're tweaked a bit. The downside is that a leader or a pastor isn't studying. And if you're not studying, you're not learning. And if you're not learning, it is going to impact your leadership. It just is. And you will be tempted to lie. You will be tempted. You will always be tempted. Even if you don't give in, you will always be tempted to be just a little bit dishonest about exactly where this came from. So what happens is somebody decides to re-preach somebody else's message and they don't want to say, hey, all of this content came from someone else. So they re-preach the message and then they say, now so-and-so said, and then they'll quote that person thinking, well, see, I, I kind of at least gave them credit. <laughs> For you know. two lines. <laughs> yeah, exactly. At least I let the world know that person exists. I know that person exists and they've said some important things. And, you know, that eases a person's conscience. But I just think, you know, there, there's something about studying and the pressure. And oh, I'm telling you, you know this, Gary, it's a terrible pressure. Oh. Now, the good news is because yeah. in church world, at least, we have grown accustomed to video teaching. It really should give you know the men and women who don't feel like they can do this week after week after week. Now there's actually more time to study, more time to prepare. And I think you know 
preachers and teachers should find a rhythm where they can actually do their own stuff. And if it's not weekly, find that rhythm and then, you know, use other communicators, you know, show videos or just yeah. get up and say, you know what, like I, Craig Groeschel, one of my best friends, you know, re-preached the series I did um, that the How to Be Rich book came from. And he just got up and told his congregation, Andy did these four messages. I thought they were fantastic. I'm going to, I want to re-preach them to you so I can contextualize them. And off he went and I sent mm-hmm. in my outline. So, you know, it was his church and his application for his church. But instead of just, just quoting, he just got up and said, hey, you know, I got these ideas from somebody else. People are fine with that. They're yeah. way more fine with that than finding out a year later their, their pastor's been, you know, ripping people stealing. off. You're stealing. <laughs> yeah, that's a... No, that's true. And, you know, I mean, for our context here at Connexus, we use your teaching about 50% of the time on video, and then I'm up live with, you know, 98% of my own content. And there's been a couple times where I've tried to reteach something you've done because it was all, you know, North Point specific or Buckhead specific. And those are much harder for me because I think there's something in your own voice. And I would never say, you know, it's hard to follow you, Andy, to, to be really transparent. But for me to try to be you is it's just really difficult. And well, you should. Yeah, you yeah, should. It's yeah. like let Andy be Andy and, yep. and I'll do my little bit. And it, it just seems to work out really well. So, no, that, that was very, very helpful. And I think you're right. You miss the joy and, and the pain of struggle. Study. Yeah, I mean, there's so, many, there's so many Saturday mornings. And I'm sitting at my kitchen counter going, Lord, you know, I, I, I got two hours and, <laughs> and I have done my part. I have worked hard. I've done all I know to do. And, you know, this, this outline just looks dead to me. You know, you got to do something. I think, I think that tension is so helpful. And, uh, you know, the man or woman who takes a shortcut and misses that, I think they're robbing themselves. And I think they're certainly robbing their congregation. So yeah. just my opinion. It's great. Well, Andy, um, I want to be mindful of the time and there's so much we could talk about. But um, one of the things that is just an issue that's coming up um, publicly more and more in church circles is around the whole question of family and culture. Um, I mean, when you look at blended families, marriage, parenting styles, all of that, how is any of that changing how you do ministry? Like when you look back 10 years ago and today? You know, one of the mistakes that we made is that because our original leadership team was uh, very homogeneous, yeah. we like every, I think every leadership team in any organization makes this mistake. You tend to think everybody's like the people in your room. Mm-hmm. And so we made assumptions about family and schedules um, that were, that again, assumed every family was like the families represented around the table. And so several years ago, it's probably been seven or eight years ago, um, one of the discussions I led us through was what are our assumptions and we made a list of about 100 assumptions. And by assumption, I mean, what are some things that we assume when we make programming decisions? What do we assume when we make scheduling decisions? What do we assume when we decide how much we're going to charge for camp or for an event? And as we looked at our assumptions, a bunch of them were false. And again, we had fallen into the trap of assuming the families in our church were pretty much like the families around the table. And they are not, and they were not. So that was a, a wake-up call for us. And so where we have shifted is in terms of blended family um, we realize now that a regular church attender is someone who goes to church about 12 times a year, not mm-hmm. every week. In my world, you go every week. In yeah. everybody's world around that table, you go every week. But we've discovered as we poked around and looked at our children's attendance patterns, the truth is people, a regular attender, somebody says, oh, that's my church. I love Carrie. I love, you know, I love Andy. I love their churches. 
you know, they're going to go about 12 to 15 times a year and they consider themselves, you know, church. Well, yep. it, <laughs> they haven't that, left, right? No, they haven't <laughs> they're left. still there. That impacts, uh, impacts messaging, how much you repeat things. Suddenly social media becomes very important. Online yes. church becomes very important. What you send home with kids becomes very important. You know, if they're there every week, you do it one way. If they're there, you know, 12, 15 times a year, you have to make some changes. So we were, I think we were slow because of those false assumptions. Once we finally got a realistic picture of <laughs> the culture that we lived in, uh, we were able to make some of those changes. But that's a, that's a constant conversation for us, as it should be for anybody in ministry. Well, Andy, this has been so, so rich. And uh, I mean, you're right. We could talk about this stuff for hours and hours and hours, but thank you so much. And yeah. what's, what's the best way um, for people to access your writings, uh, get your resources? If people want to know more, what's the best way? Well, they can go to andystanley.com and at andystanley.com is essentially all my leadership stuff as it relates mm -hmm. to business stuff, Catalyst Conferences. Um, they can subscribe to my monthly um, leadership podcast that you have now ripped off and copied, but yes. I'm sure you will make it vastly better than, much, much better no, than No, no, it's sort of yours now because yeah. you're a guest, right? <laughs> so, right. see, I've co-opted yes. you. I've, I've, <laughs> I've hijacked your podcast. Yeah. yeah, so you can download, I mean, subscribe to our monthly leadership podcast. The other thing is follow me on Twitter. I'm constantly, um, you know, pointing to other people's resources, other people's messages mm -hmm. and things that we're doing at our church. And I think between those two things, um, or if you want to, I tell you, if you follow my wife's blog, it's uh, yeah. Stanley.com. She's doing a, a great job. And again, it kind of interfaces from the family side of things as it relates to what we're doing as a family and mm -hmm. the things that we're learning as a family. So that kind of covers the business side, the ministry side and the family side. Yeah, if you miss that, it's sandrastanley.com for Andy's wife. And it's a great blog. I, I read it too. Um, we will link to all of those in the show notes. So if you just go to kerryneuhoff.com or leadlikeneverbefore.com, we'll have all that stuff for you in the podcast show notes. Andy, thank you so much. Oh, this has yeah. been so, so great. Well, honestly, I'm honored to be your, uh, your first guest on your podcast, and I'm sure it will be incredibly successful. I read your blog. Your leadership content is fantastic. I love it because you give us lists, and us <laughs> leaders, we like lists. Just give us the five best, the three best, or the ten fastest things, and uh, we're good to go. So I, I love your approach, and uh, if you're listening to this podcast and have not read Carrie's blog, honestly, it's fantastic, not just for church leadership, but uh, leadership in general. So thank you. Andy, thank you. Really appreciate it. Well, that is a conversation that could have gone on for a couple of hours, but I don't know about you, but in the time I had with Andy, I just learned so much. And that's the way it always is when you hear Andy speak or you have an opportunity to have a conversation with him. My notebook's always open. And if you're like me, you probably want more. You want to go back and say, hey, I want to make sure I captured that insight. And we've kind of helped you with that with the show notes for this episode. And you can find them at kerryneuhoff.com slash episode one. So if you have Head over there, you'll see all the links that Andy mentioned in the show, the people, the resources, how to find him online, and more. I've also shared three things you can do with your team this week, just three of the principles that Andy talked about that you can execute this week in your own leadership and in your leadership with your team. And uh, then there's some quotes, some things that Andy said that really stuck out to me uh, that you can share on social media, share with your team. You'll find those all in the show notes. And all you have to do is go to kerryneuhoff.com slash episode one. That's kerryneuhoff.com slash episode numeral one, and you'll find everything there. Now, if you found this podcast helpful, I would love it if you would 
head on over to iTunes and leave a rating and a review. Um, so you can give it a, a star rating. You've seen those on iTunes. And that is so, so helpful if you leave a rating and review because it does two things. Number one, it gives us honest feedback, which we can always grow from. And, and number two, um, when you leave a rating and review, iTunes takes note of that. And the more ratings and reviews there are, the more people hear about it. It moves it up on the charts and also uh, gets it out to uh, other potential subscribers. So if you found this podcast helpful, it's a way of uh, making sure it helps other uh, leaders as well. So if you can do that, that would be awesome. Now, today's podcast is sponsored by the Orange Tour. The Orange Tour is an awesome tour. I really enjoy participating in it, and it helps take your family, team, and your leadership to the next level. So you can join me this fall. I'm going to be in seven cities on the Orange Tour, and if you want more information, you can go to orangetour.org. There are uh, more than a dozen cities in total, but here's where I'm going to be. I just got back from Atlanta, and on September 18th and 19th, I'll be in Seattle, and in San Diego. California on September 22nd and 23rd. And on the main day of the tour stop, I'm going to be hosting a leader's lunch. So if you want to get together, meet in person, have a conversation at lunch, I would love to be able to do that with you. And so if you live near Seattle or San Diego, just head on over to Orange Tour or again, all of this is in the show notes, kerryneuhoff.com slash episode one. You can register right off the show notes for that. So thanks to Orange Tour for the sponsorship of this episode. Coming up next, I'm pretty excited about episode two. We're going to be back in two weeks time. These episodes will be released on Tuesdays on iTunes. And my guest next time in two weeks is Perry Noble. Perry is the senior pastor of New Spring Church, one of the fastest growing and largest churches in the United States. And Perry, at the height of New Spring's success, really went through a crash. And he talks all about being overwhelmed as a leader, how he almost didn't make it out of a very dark time in his life. And if you've ever been stressed by leadership, and I mean, who hasn't? Um, Perry's got an amazing story, and he's going to talk about how he recovered and found the grace of God in the middle of that. So really looking forward to that conversation with Perry Noble. We've got other guests coming up too in future episodes. Casey Graham, uh, the CEO and founder of The Rocket Company, is going to be one of our guests. We're going to hear from Pete Wilson. He is the lead and founding pastor at Cross Point Church in Nashville. Kara Powell, who works at Fuller Seminary in Pasadena, California, is going to be with us. And Kara's going to talk about why so many high school students end up leaving the church when they go to college and what we can do as leaders to stop that. Jeff Henderson, who's an expert on communication, is going to help coach us on how to communicate, whether that's in the boardroom or your next presentation or your next message. And uh, he's going to talk about how to actually connect with people and make sure that your communication is effective. Rich Birch from unseminary.com is going to join us. So is Frank Beeler from Elevation Church, Tony Morgan, Diane Grant, Andy Stanley's assistant is going to talk all about what her world is like and uh, what she has learned about leading leaders. Derwin Gray and Craig Jarrow are going to be future guests. You might have heard of Craig. He's Time Management Ninja online is going to talk all about that. And we're going to hear from Ryan Russell, among others. Ryan works with Triple X Church, and he's going to talk about why sexual temptation is such a big issue for leaders. So that's just a small preview of what's coming up in the next few episodes of this podcast. Two weeks from now, we're back with Perry Noble from New Spring Church. Hey, if you haven't subscribed yet, the best way to make sure you don't miss anything is to subscribe to the podcast via iTunes. So just head on over to iTunes for that. And again, 
If you're inclined to leave a rating, we would so be grateful for that. I would really appreciate that. And you can do that right on iTunes. And in the meantime, jump on over to kerryneuhoff.com. We'll carry on the conversation. I've got lots of posts coming up in the next few weeks. And we have a great conversation with leaders there. And remember, all of this is designed to help you lead like never before. Thanks so much for listening. Can't wait to talk to you again. And I hope all of this really does help you lead like never before. You've been listening to the Carrie Newhoff Leadership Podcast. Join us next time for more insights on leadership, change, and personal growth to help you lead like never before.